Hello, everyone. Welcome to another episode of the Right Way podcast. I'm joined by a very good friend, a great bodybuilder, a class coach, and the master of knee veins, Tom Motherfucking T. How are we doing, big man? Mate, what an introduction. More importantly, the master of uh, the knee veins. Mm. Mate, I've never seen anyone with spider webs on their knees. It's wild. But, um, mate, thank you for having me on, first and foremost. Thank you for inviting me. But, uh, mate, we are good. We've just come back from Upper. But all in all, mate, we're good. We're feeling good. And we're doing well. We're doing well. Thank you for the introduction. It's always a bit weird. You know what to say? Yeah, I'm <laughs> fine. Everything's going well. Yeah. Um, it's like those vibes when you're, like, first day of school and it's like, give us a fun fact about yourself. And you're just like, yeah. Yeah, I'm the one that likes Marmite. That's that. That's yeah. me. <laughs> <laughs> the last one. Um, how was your session, mate? Mate, very good. At this point, training is as you probably with your diet phase, mate. My training is just it's more of a chore. And one thing about um, one thing that I probably didn't I haven't liked about prep is the fact that I can't really train how I know I can train. And going into sessions knowing that I can't give it like what I know I can give. If you know what I mean, that's probably the yeah. hardest thing I've probably found actually mm-hmm. in terms of going into my sessions a bit more draggy. And but um, you just honestly just sort of switch off, mate, and do what's needed. And it's um, obviously with where we're at now, it's just just ticking the boxes with training. Is it more? Is it more of you having to like pull back on like one intensity and like two? How obviously how much weight you're pressing that kind of stuff. Um, everything mate everything's being pulled back in terms of intensity in terms of volume in terms of what we're doing exercise selection obviously um so everything's sort of changed a little bit so the demand through training is has decreased and we just really go in there just to sort of stimulate not annihilate that's literally it sessions last about 45 minutes that's literally it mate just um people don't realize that you don't really need to do that much at this point people overdo it but just doing the necessary mate it's, it's it's just pretty boring mate pretty boring yeah it is what it is i mean um for people who don't know obviously tom's in you're you're in the very back end of your prep right you said peak weeks this week or next week yes ma'am nine days out for my first ever show hey, um, time has flown by mate mate it, it, it i was actually speaking to someone about this it, it has for them but for me <laughs> it's felt like somebody said to me oh yeah it's 24 weeks i'm like to be fair, yeah, it's felt like 24 weeks, to be honest. Yeah. But then again, it has flown by, it hasn't. Mm-hmm. But um, yeah, it's honestly, mate, it's been really, really good. It's, it's not dragged at all. It's not like bloody hell. It's, it's been really, really good, mate. Mm-hmm. Is it is it everything kind of you expected? Because this, this is your first prep, right? First prep, mate, yeah, first prep. First so prep. How, how have you found the overall experience so far to what you kind of had in your head has it lived up to expectations has there been like some bumps in the road has it been smooth mate to be honest it's been way better than what i thought it would be mm-hmm. obviously we have this perspective perspective of i i have this perspective anyway of obviously um people coming out of prep and i've, I've seen people apologize on their instagram saying sorry if i weren't myself and saying they weren't um didn't enjoy it or they wish they enjoyed it more and i'm thinking goodness me like i wish i i really want to enjoy it and mm-hmm. mate i can happily say that i've enjoyed every single second of this prep it has been incredible my perspective on things of when i went in i was thinking goodness me i'm gonna have to, everything's gonna be, have to be around this and manage around this but i found that 
if you just set that routine straight away it's that's it makes life a whole lot easier mm. but it's different in my case because i live with a big family i live with like eight nine people so at the start of prep i was thinking do i need to move out do i need to obviously extract myself from the situation but in actual fact what i had to do was actually probably look at myself and be like how can i change to sort of fit my environment and use it to my advantage and you've probably seen on my story mate over the past family week, where family walks morning walking crew evening more evening walking crew and um to be fair it's something we can actually touch up on i think people get into this whole little prep bubble um and that's what i expected me to be in like this whole little prep bubble where like you've probably heard people make like shutting off and shutting off from their, their friends and family and creating like a bad relationship mm. with prep and they look but they always look back and be like oh that's something i can change for next time but i don't want to do that I don't mm. want to be that person to be like, oh, I, I, I wish I could do that next time. There's going to be a few things, obviously, but I wanted to create like a positive environment where my friends and family could be like, you know what, Tom might feel like he's in the absolute gutter, but it's not having an effect on me. Like mm. he's he's still positive around me. Um, he just communicates how he feels. And that's what I think that's probably the biggest thing that I've taken away. So that's my perspective of leading into prep. I thought it was going to be a lot. Mm. Yeah, no, I yeah. think I think I think a lot of people going into like preps or even even like a very intense dieting phase, I think you really need to realize like the the number one thing is just like you are making this choice for yourself. Like you That's are putting definitely. yourself in this situation. And it it is almost selfish in a in a way, like expecting others to kind of go out their way to just like, you know, live their life for you in a way like life doesn't mm -hmm. change for them you what you're doing is you know you you've set yourself this goal and you're working towards it but I feel like you know it's very easy for people to kind of go into that mindset of right this is going to suck and now everyone around me is going to experience the suck with me and I think you know if you can set up an environment which is going to be a lot more positive like you said with like family walks integrating people you know into the process it's going to make it so much easier because you know there are going to be those days where you're going to have low energy there are going to be those days where your mood drops and you know like you said with communicating if you let those people know how you're feeling and you're not just saying like you know, oh, you know, don't chat to me today. Don't do this. All this kind of stuff. People are going to end up resenting you, and that's mate, that so much harder on yourself. Literally took the words out of my mouth, mate. Like when, when you're in prep, it's definitely a two-way street in terms of, um, in terms of, in terms of family and friends, where you've got to communicate how you feel mm. for them to invest into you. How can how can when you go in, that's why that's what people do really where they change in prep and they come obviously um they put this expectation on themselves and they increase the stress which is which is completely understandable you want to absolutely nail everything but then again if you shut them people off how can you expect them to change when or um be there for you well obviously they're going to be there for you but how can how can they be there for you when they don't know how to be around you when they don't know how to be around you when you're a little bit more sluggish a little bit more mood you're gonna have them days but if you if you sort of make it a two-way street they, they'll be like okay well tom's absolutely fine or, or, or tom's feeling like this that's how it is and then they invest into you otherwise they're just going to resent you and they don't know how to be around you next thing you know you have this sort of like confliction and it's, it just doesn't really create a good environment mate and you got to use things to your advantage a lot of that is, is a two-way street definitely no 100 percent um in in terms of uh shows how many how many shows are you doing so I'm doing the PCA Midlands on the 10th of September. And then I think I'm doing the NFM UK show 
on the 24th of September. And then from there, mate, it's just like pick and choose which one there is, really. If I get to the finals of the PCA, then I might do that. That's October 15th. But then they've got a show in Stafford where I live on, on the 8th of October. I think it would be pretty stupid not to do that. So I've at least got like three or two or three lined up if I get to the finals. Now, I'll probably do the finals because obviously it's my last year as a junior. I don't want to look back and be like, oh, I got to the finals. I might, I might as well might as well do it. So um, I think three or four, mate, three. That Those are the three that are sort of like locked in. Exciting, mate, exciting. Um, One thing I was going to say, mate, is you've you're one of those physiques where like i saw you and don't take like i don't i mean no offense by this but i saw your physique like peak off season and i was just like i kind of don't know what he's going to look like when he's when he's lean and like some of your shots which like you look at now i'm like how is that the same person mate there's no offense taken mate because i thought the exact same thing (laughs) (laughs) i thought the exact same thing mate because i was thinking how is this gonna look mate like I hold my um my fans in weird place around obviously around the hips normally mate but like underneath the armpit like around the lat area something like your like front that. lat like is one of the shots where I was like holy shit that's yes. that's mad so it's um but yeah mate I think at the start of this prep but a lot of that mate is down to in the off season I didn't really look at myself and be like oh I hated the way I looked hmm. um I, I never ever did that I know I haven't throughout this prep even that's one thing um that. I have taken away the amount of people that say to me, oh, I look back and I was, I was, I was, I looked really good at this point, but I actually hated the way I looked. Like I look back at that. I look at every checking shot that I take. And I'm like, you know what? I'm actually really proud of what I'm looking like at the moment. And um, if you show me a picture of where I'm at now, two years ago in my off season, I've been like, mate, I'd love to look like this. Mm-hmm. And in peak off season, I, I never really looked at myself and like, oh, I was big and I'm looking like this. I just made sure that I was getting to the gym. I love training. I bodybuild because I love training. And when I was peak off season, I was strong. I was feeling good. I've got, I had obviously going out with my friends and family all the time. Like I had a really good relationship with obviously going out and stuff. And that sort of led me into prepping a really good position where I could be like, you know what? Like I don't mind taking some like half a year where mm-hmm. I can just like sort of dedicate this time to this. And then, but I never really looked at myself and been like, oh, I look really fat and really bloated, like just needs to be done. It is the right attitude to have like in the off season. Cause I feel like, don't get me wrong. Everyone's going to approach bodybuilding differently, but like you say, like with prep, you kind of have to be set in a certain routine. And that's not me saying that, you know, you can't go out on prep. You can't do certain things on prep, but like you've got to be a lot more rigid with how mm-hmm. you within your day to day. And I feel like, you know, if you're living your off season, like it is a prep, every single day and you know you're not you're not spending time with your family you know you're not going out for those meals it's going to make prep so much harder for one it it elevates things because next thing you know because if you think about it people live their off season like yeah i want to be the best bodybuilder like and i was still nailing most things but i was still making sure that i was being lenient with myself and spending some time with friends and family if i wanted to go for a coffee or a cake or whatever i was doing it but when you're living your off season a hundred percent yeah you're going to see more progress by all means but when you go into a prep scenario, it elevates it tenfold because you, because you become even more obsessive, even more down to the T than what you would like, like what you already were. And this is why these problems happen where people get too invested into this prep bubble because in the off season they don't they're not sort of like they're not 
lenient with themselves. They don't give themselves that time with their friends and family. And the next thing you know, they're heading to a prep and they're even more on it than they already are. Mm. So it's just trying to find that balance where obviously you're still managing things in the off season when you're still making progress and you're still getting things done. But you are sort of like, you know what? I can actually enjoy my life. Because guess Mm. what? When you enjoy your life, you make more progress. (laughs) It's funny, isn't it? Exactly. it goes back to kind of what you were saying um, over DMs with like being present. And as well, when you said about like, um, you know, people hating how they look, I think like the the bodybuilding community kind of has this thing where it's always like, it's the next thing. It's always like, oh, I'm going to be, the next off season is going to be their best. The next cut's going to be the best. I'll be happy when I'm here. I'll be happy when I'm there. Mm-hmm. And like the biggest takeaway I think I've had from my own process is just like enjoying every moment like and it's it's such a vital piece of the process like you know enjoying what you're eating enjoying going to the gym enjoying your daily routine like if you can find enjoyment in the small things and you do that daily it just makes the whole process so much easier on yourself because if you if you stress about all these kind of micro factors which are you know they're not even they're they're not even worthy of being stressed over you're Mm. just going to end up you know in a in a kind of negative feedback loop where it just keeps on ending up with you kind of breaking down and like I've definitely noticed you know when when it was me in the past it was always like these small things I would stress about it would cause me to stress and then next thing you know I'm on the phone to Domino's ordering a pizza to like eat away my troubles and that then leads down a road of oh now I feel shit because I've just set a Domino's and then it's like it just mate, got bad, on then you got like a bad relationship with food and stuff. Mate, this is what happens, bro. This is what happens. And somebody said to me at the start of prep, they said, the only moment you live is the present. So if you're not enjoying the present, you're actually not enjoying your life. Hmm. So there's a little quote for you. And this is why the process of bodybuilding, people, they end up not enjoying it and they end up presenting bodybuilding because hmm. what they do is they try and strive for something that's always going to be two years away a year away i want to be here i'm going to be happy when this is happening i I was talking to people even before they were starting prep and they were going oh yeah i can't wait for the off season to blow up because i'm going to be in such a lean but but mate you've got to do prep first like (laughs) like do you know what i mean like i was talking like be present bro like you've got to be like it's just um and it's really important mate otherwise like you said you get you spiral out of control really and and then one thing leads to another and then leads to another and then you get people who worry about like sunlight exposure in the morning like mate like chill out bro it's one of those things that will cut the sun's gonna come up mate it's all good like and then you get people who just sort of like yeah it's great but sometimes it's a little bit over the top where in actual fact you're actually putting yourself in a position where um if you if you're too ocd about things you're actually putting your position in a position where you're probably going to regress more than progress. Like mm-hmm. I had to be in a position where I've been there as well, mate, where I literally micromanaged everything. And when I went on board with Christian, it helped me massively. And he was there like, yeah, bro, have two, three off plans a week. And I'm there like, what the hell? Mm-hmm. Like, mate, it's only Saturday night, Domino's night, mate. Whoa, whoa. And the thing is though, mate, like if you think about it, people live for a Saturday night or a Friday night because that's their one night where they can sort of like... And bodybuilding like, is seven days a week, yeah, like mate. 65 days a year. So like you need to enjoy the process. You need to, mate. You're just resenting every single day and you're like, why are you doing something which you don't even enjoy? And exactly. like you're holding yourself back. 
but it's, it's something that I learned the hard way, mate. Honestly, I had a really bad relationship with food. And you, and you see a lot of, you probably had a lot of clients come to you about it, mate, where they, I've got a lot of clients where they feel like they can't go out and they feel like they've been invited out and they need to manage everything. It's 200 calories over, mate. What, what am I going to do? And I'm thinking, mate, just enjoy yourself. 200 calories or 1,000 calories isn't going to make much difference because you're nailing more than 99% of people it's anyway because you're a bodybuilder. Like, and, like, and, mate, it, the fact that you're stressing about it is going to make things 10 times worse. Like, and it's just doing it wrong. It's easy. It's so much easier said than done. We can be sat here, and somebody can have their own problems. And it's um, it does take a long time to get used to to have that good relationship. But once you sort of find that relationship where you can still train, you can still eat be four or five meals a day, or whatever, or how many meals a day, and you can still go out and enjoy yourself, and you find that sort of quote unquote balance, like. It is super important because then your longevity in the sport is going to be therefore greater because you found a more sustainable way where you can actually enjoy the process. And the thing is as well, I think everyone needs to realize like each individual, like you are an individual, every single person's circumstances are going to be different. This person may enjoy doing things a lot different than you do things. And like, Mm -hmm. you know, when you see all these bodybuilders and it's all you see every single day and you're like, why don't I look like this person? Why aren't I living my life like this? That works for that person. They may have been doing this 10 more years than you, you know, like me two years ago compared to who I am now, the change is mental. And I think people need to realize that, you know, any development comes as you work through, you know, all the things that go bad in your life and you, you grow as a person and you need to realize Mm -hmm. that, you know, unless if you put all this pressure on yourself so early, you're most likely you're just going to give it up because you're not going to enjoy it. And I feel like the, the biggest thing again, is just being present and enjoying the process because as soon as you learn to do that, it makes managing everything else so much easier. And then when it comes to the times when you do need to be a little bit more harder on yourself, then you can be like, right, I have a reason to do this and this is why we're doing it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. It is hard for people because like when you come in, you're, you're, you're a teenager, you're a young person, you're, you're first exposing yourself to bodybuilding and you're seeing these people saying, you've got to train this way, you've got to eat this way, you've got to do this, you've got to do that. And then instantly you put under the pressure of being like, okay, well, I need to do this, I need to do that, I need to do that. When in actual fact, like that might be their balance. Like you mentioned, they might be doing it for 10 years time where their balance is literally just bodybuilding and that's fine. That's fine. That's fine by me. But what's made my experience through prep and through this so much easier is that I've I've had that balance, and then I can come into this prep and be like, well, now now I can be like, okay, well, 24, 25, 30 weeks, I can be like quite regimented, but I've had that time, and now I can go back to it, and I know how to get back to it, sort of thing. But when you first expose yourself to bodybuilding, it's really sort of hard to find like people that express their feelings around balance because all you see mate is like you need to train this you need to train that you need to eat it has this. to be robot mode 100 yeah yeah like, like, you know, you need, like you, otherwise like you're not going to make any progress like you need to set up an exercise this way you need to do this and i'm thinking take a, take a step back a minute like let's just nail the basics of this and then next thing you know mate the best thing ever is when somebody goes oh mate i've made this progress while still enjoying my life Hmm. but that's so good rather than being like oh mate because i've had people come to me and sh- they stress about these little minute things mate and they're like you wouldn't be stressed about that if you if you didn't watch these certain people but then again that to that certain person bodybuilding is their entire they're engrossed in it which hmm. is fine completely but fine. they need to realize you're not that individual exactly that's what i mean and everyone's it, their own individual exactly and they might find that something might work for them and hmm. something might not work for them 
it's all about finding like you mentioned it all goes you sort of find that through the mistakes that you make and i found that i couldn't be regimented 100 percent of the time i am most of the time mate 99 percent. but like i'd have some times where my mum would be like do you want to come for a sunday dinner and i'm there like no 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 had a tornado's yesterday whoa 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 <laughs> can't have two off, off plan meals well, like, not a cookie what, dealer what are you all about mate <laughs> but in actual fact what i should have done was you know what yeah because it's not going to make any sort of detrimental effect on my progress. Because Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, Saturday, I still basically nailed everything in terms of training and nutrition. And once people find that sort of balance where they can still do stuff, like as, as them as an individual, and yeah. find out what works for them, by all means, make, they're going to make more progress um, over over a long span of time. Anyway, that's what I find. But and then what you find is that when they enjoy the process more and they find that balance, then like you said, when they can switch on and they go into a diet phase where they have to be a little bit more regimented and a little bit more adherent, they can do that because they know they've enjoyed their time where they can be a little bit more lenient. Mm. It's it's again like the same thing applies to prep. Like you see so many individuals when they prep for the first time and they're like right i need to be top three i need to be i need to be first place i need to win my overall and it's like go into it with the i like just in my opinion and like i i believe this when i prep i will be happy if i just make it to stage because that in itself is a wild achievement Mm -hmm. and i think so many people don't realize that like the amount of stress the daily routine all this kind of stuff and then leading up to that day making it on that stage you've already won and like you know, if you put all this pressure on yourself to say, say you want to come first, say you you want to place. If you then don't place, you in your heads, you're like, right, that's twenty weeks of my life gone. Yeah, for. exactly, exactly. And then, and then guess what? They'll look back at it and be like, I didn't enjoy it, hmm. and then they'll resent it. But hmm. if you set yourself out with a, with a, in a pedestal where you need to be there, you I need to achieve this. I need, hmm. like, mate, I'm I am as competitive as the next man. I am so competitive, right? I want to go up there and be. I want to. I, I want to win. I want to win, but I know if I went into that mindset of being like, I'm going to, I need to win. Otherwise people go like, my business is going to fall down if I don't win. People just start like collecting these feelings where in actual fact, you're on stage. You've literally got the stage, which is a big, big thing. And whatever comes of that, if you get first, second, third, whatever. And this is why I was there saying like, if I get to finals, I get to finals. If I don't, I don't. But what I did was I was there like, well, I'm going to do a first show and then I'm going to take it week by week and go from there, see how it goes, see how I feel. And then there's no pressure there. Like the fact that I've even made it to stage, mate, the fact that if you said to me two and a half years ago when we first started following each other, hmm. like two and a half years ago, yeah, Tom's going to look like this in two and a half years' time and he might go on stage and do this. Mate, I'd be like, what is this all about? Like, I'd be so proud of myself, mate. I, I don't think, like, I think the guy who, like, when you initially started thinking the position you are in now you i don't i don't think you would even be able to comprehend exactly mate not only from a um physique perspective but business Mm -hmm. like mental perspective like Mm -hmm. like everything every perspective i I, this year has been like uh, if you said to me like this time last year let alone two years this time last year mate you'd be where you are now mate i'd have been like what are you on about like it makes me so happy mate honestly it really does but like but this is what people don't understand, mate. Is that like, like you said, they get caught up and they go, "But I want to be, I want to be there. I want to be there." Like, if you actually understand, like, if you don't put the pressure on yourself and you be like, "Okay, well, if I actually get to stage, that's a win in itself." And then anything that comes from that, it's just an added bonus. Mm-hmm. And then next thing you know, you look back at it and you're there, like, you know what? I got to stage, 
and I came second and I got this and I got this and I met this person and now I've got like and then next thing you know mate you collect all, you collect all these sort of positive memories and then you can look back and five ten years ago and go you know the first time I competed I absolutely loved it like mm. I loved every single moment of it and guess what and guess who else can look back at it with fond memories your friends and family because they go mate yeah Tom loved it he was great because the amount of people that don't enjoy their first time of prep, mate, yes, obviously the first prep's never going to be perfect. Mine has been far from perfect. Or it's been a few things we've learned about things. But guess what, mate? I can look back at it and be like, you know what? I enjoyed every single second of it. I've not affected my family. I've used it to my advantage that I do live in a, in a big household. It's only made my relationship with my girlfriend or my, my partner um, stronger, um, even though I didn't even think that was going to happen because we were in a really good space beforehand, which is crazy. But um, it's only heightened everything for me. And I can look back and be like, you know what? It's been so good. And that's a good feeling, mate, because you get, I mean, I'd, I'd, I'd literally, I was talking to pros, mate, who were going, oh, yeah, my first pro season, I hated it. I wasn't this. I was thinking, what is this all about? Like, you got, it's crazy, isn't it? I think, I think we're both very lucky to be so young and both had very good coaches along the way because I, I genuinely think like who you learn from is a massive part of like how you, you carry your values, how you, you become a better coach and how you like experience the whole process. And, you know, myself working with Christian as well, like he was one of the first coaches who was like, look, this yeah you can do all this but in reality mate your mental is the most important thing and prioritizing mm -hmm. that i feel like a lot of people especially coaches forget that like these are humans these aren't like you have to remember these people you were talking to they're humans they're going through everyday situations real life stress and it's not just a person on a sheet with a diet plan and a training plan and I feel like a lot of people kind of overlook that sometimes and kind of just say, right, here's plan, right, do this. Oh, you haven't done this, right, do this next week. And it's like, relate to them, speak to them, I get an understanding of this person. But I think that's the difference, though, with coaches, mate, nowadays. And that's what I've learned, like you said, that's what I've learned from Christian, where he is so relatable in mm. every way. He's been through loads of life experiences and obviously he's worked with the vast majority of people where you can understand how people think, what they're doing and how to manage loads of different people, obviously with workload, like different things like workload, dealing with different people. Like when you're working with 100 plus people every single day, mate, you learn how to speak to people, how to approach people, how they might come across in a certain way, how to calm them down, what makes it work for them. And that's what I've learned with myself, with working with him, is that he knows sort of like how to be with me to get the best out of me. And not only from a physical perspective, but also psychologically as well. Like you mentioned, loads of people just go, oh yeah, here's this, here's that come back to me next week or talk to me about this and okay that didn't work um well and then they're not relating to the person how can you try and chip into the person to get the most out of them not only from a physique perspective and get the most out of them but also from a, a psychological perspective and that's when you really really know the difference between a coach and like you mentioned there with who you're working with max again another person who's definitely a, uh, wants to be not only a coach to somebody, but more of a, more so as a friend, where they can exactly. you can talk to them about literally anything. And then next thing you know, mate, if you get a client or a per any sort of person that can come to you about how they're feeling, what they're going through, mate, you're only going to get to know them more as a person. If I get to know you as more as a person, I'm going to have a better plan in place. If you have, if I have a better plan in place for you, you're going to see more progress. If you see more progress, I'm happy. If mm. we're both happy, we're going to see more progress. And it all comes down from me getting to know that person, not like from a, a baseline level hmm. and more, and like more from in, personal, in, in level 
from personal experience, I've always thought as well, like one of the biggest key factors in someone's growth and someone's progress is just communication between the coach and the client. And like at the end of the day, if your client doesn't feel like in a safe space to be able to communicate, you know, what they're struggling with, you know, in their day to day, because they might feel like, oh, they, they might get judged or, or, oh, they're not like a robot chances are they're, they're not going to progress. They're going to be lying. And then exactly, exactly, exactly. And that's why it's super important. Firstly, straight off the bat, just say, just say to them, like, if you, you can, you can communicate, it's so overlooked to make communication, but it's creating that sort of foundation where they can feel sort of like safe to talk about things. If you come across saying, okay, you need to do this. Otherwise you will not see results. They're instantly creating this sort of like barrier, whether they're like, well, I need to do this. And then next thing you know, they're leading them down that sort of path. They were taking away being robotic and not having a good relationship where if you set boundaries, but good boundaries where they're like, okay, well, if it goes wrong, tell me, like, I can't get a crystal ball out and see how you're feeling. Tell me how you're feeling so I can go. I'm not going to have a go at you. That's what I'm here for. That's why I'm a coach. It's my it's, it's my job to stress, your job to do. Like, my job is to do all the stressing, but you need to tell me what you're stressing about, what, how you're feeling, what you're going through, and then I can do all the, th- all, all the things to make your life easier. And if, they're the, and if they understand that and be like, you know what, this guy's actually really approachable. It makes life so much easier, not only for the coach, but also for the client. It's so, it's so important. And like I mentioned, with working with Christian for such a long period of time, like, that helped me massively because I came from like a really bad place in terms of like eating and stuff, like, being so OCD. And he was there like, saying to me like, whoa, 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 whoa. this is only going to make you regress even more if you're, if you're carrying on like this. And then next thing you know, I had a better relationship with food. What, was, relationship. Your, what was your issues with food? Like, Mate, I, 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 so I came out... I came out of a diet phase, mate, and I was worrying about, like, I was eating these zero-calorie, like, obviously being there, mate, like, obviously eating zero-calorie syrups. Mm-hmm. Like, I was having, like, a five-calorie jelly, mate, and I was feeling bad for myself. Like, I couldn't have anything off plan. Like, it, honestly, mate, it was the worst thing ever. It could probably, I wouldn't obviously put it as, like, an, an ED or an eating disorder, but um, it was so bad, mate. The food is very Yeah, tiring. mate, it was so bad, mate. Like, I couldn't even, like, I'd look at Domino's and be like, if I have that piece of food, but I'm literally going to be fat the next morning. And if I, I'd be scared to get on the scales, like mate, it was really, really bad place. And um, a lot of that came from me being over restrictive and just being like, I need to be so robotic because my first exposure to bodybuilding was you need to be like this. You need to be like this. You need to be like this. And that's what I did. And next thing you know, mate, it ended up leading me down a route where I was in a really bad spot. And the next thing you know, mate, I have Christian going, mate, whoa, whoa, whoa. <laughs> Whoa, and then I start, and then now, mate, I couldn't really be in a better position. He's he's helped me massively, so yeah. Um, I I wanted to touch on kind of like how you got into bodybuilding because I know you had a rugby background, and I know I know why you initially went on PEDs, but I feel like your journey is a lot different to other people's, you know, journey of like deciding to jump on. So I think it'd be good to touch on that if you're right with that, mate. Yeah, mate, of course. Um, so played rugby. Um, mm-hmm. rugby was my I've got a really obsessive sort of behavior where if I get involved in something I'm either sort of all or nothing and um, where so with rugby I was exactly like what I am with bodybuilding so with bodybuilding now I, I make sure that I nail everything but I still have that sort of balance but with rugby it was there like I'm not training twice a week I'm training five times a week like mm-hmm. I, I'm not doing the usual Tuesday, Thursday. And um, basically, I, I used to live in Exeter, where I went to a college which was primarily based around rugby. And it, within Devon, the, the main sport is rugby. So mm-hmm. I came to the Midlands in Stafford. 
And the next thing you know, I go to a college where they don't even have a rugby team. And I'm thinking my yeah. whole life is to be literally like, honestly, mate, like going from a chance of playing with extra chiefs and doing all this sort of stuff, going to, going to a college. And they're like, yeah, yeah, we haven't even got a rugby team. So um, that sort of instantly sort of kicked me in the gut. And then I went through college and I was playing this awful rugby standard. And then I ended up going playing for Litchfield and Burton, which is probably the best around here. And then um, playing for Midlands. So I ended up playing for a really good sort of standard around here. And then next thing you know, I sort of, I knew I reached my ceiling in terms of what I could do around here. Um, so I ended up looking elsewhere in terms of what I could do. And next thing you know, I've always loved the gym in terms of rugby. And then I sort of fell into this sort of bodybuilding where I went to the gym and I was, I've always been pretty insecure with how I looked in rugby. Like I've always been like a big second row flanker as a blindside flanker. So do you remember what like your first exposure to bodybuilding was like the first mate, thing you saw? Honest, honestly, mate, guess from what I went through. It's See, when, when I always think about it, I just think like David Lade, like aesthetics, kind of, was it through, what was it through, like it, socials or was it just through like you wanted to get better and bigger? And, so and I, I went through, I think the first person I sort of saw um, was, it was the AJ Morris yeah, yeah. trained by JP, like people, and I, I remember watching it and it came up the other day, which is so weird, um, the AJ Morris um show day vlog like show day and him in doing his prep series and stuff and i remember i watched it mate and i was there like bloody hell like, this guy loves body obviously i didn't know that he's been bodybuilding for literally all, all these years like we said everyone's been going through with so my first exposure was you need to be doing this doing this being optimal, doing that doing that you went from zero to a hundred straight mate, honestly i went from zero to a hundred then i went to kuba and then kuba was doing his prep and then next thing you know mate, he's there like you used to be doing this. and then I went to, then I went to train by JP and then I've signed up for his thing and then I, next thing you know mate I set up my own diet phase so mm -hmm. I was there, like you know what I need to be in a lean spot so I can grow um didn't know about coaches at this point and I dieted myself so I dieted myself I lost I think it's about 45 pounds in um 18 weeks so looking at it from a, a perspective um i did really well but i didn't know what a refeed was i buried myself into a into the ground i did i was doing about an hour's cardio a day um, must have been through the roof mate, honestly mate, it was horrendous and um it was absolutely horrendous and then next thing you know i started getting some really bad side effects of like not being myself and stuff and then i ended up going to for about a good four months um obviously you get libido issues and stuff and like i mentioned i didn't i didn't even know what like diet break was all and i just literally buried myself into the ground more is more more is more and then next thing you know, i got really obsessive with food and like, like i just mentioned so um the next thing you know, i went to the doctors and they said oh yeah we'll take a blood test blah 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 and then my testosterone came came back at 1.2 nanomol which if you don't know the natural range for for a male is between eight and high 20s low 30s and the doctor actually said to me like you have you're not you're not even on the male scale and I was um I was twenty at this I was twenty one at this point, and uh, yeah, I came back. Uh, at one what was your initial reaction to that? Like, how did you like process that? It was it was, it was it was honestly, mate. It was probably the worst time of my life. Mm. Honestly, like in terms of like where I was at from a psychological perspective, I didn't know what was wrong. And then obviously with libido, mate, I've got my current partner now. Where like. It was you know a I mean, like, mate, honestly, like she was there, like thinking that I was off with somebody else. My mum was like, Tom, obviously, you don't know what mood you're in. Like, you could be from like really high, really, really low. 
next thing you know, my family's worrying about me. My girlfriend thinks that I'm uh, I've had really I've, all over the place, mate. Like, uh, and they were there, like, go to the doctors and just see what's wrong. So they took a blood test. Uh, testosterone came back, um, like I said, at 1.2 nanomole, which is literally in the fucking dirt. Excuse my language. Um, and from there, mate, I don't know if you've been with the NHS, but from there, mate, it was just an uphill battle where come yeah. back next month regularly exercise do this do that and i'm there like okay i'm doing all that anyway like i sleep well i track my food i eat a good amount of food like and then next thing you know mate, it came back like three nanomole four nanomole five nanomole six nanomole seven nanomole and then i remember being in wales with perrin and all the, all the boys and being in my gym session with them um, in gar gym and the doctors around me and they're like congratulations tom you're um you're in the natural range now 8.7 um you're, you're everything's fine now come in for a consultation we'll make sure that everything's set up for you okay mm. and i'm there like okay i've been feeling like this for 11 months now and it was the, i was at it was at that 11 month mark where i went to go see uh, an endocrinologist where they specialize in hormones and honestly mate like that just sort of like ripped things on like way he was like yeah wait another six to 12 months and i was there like, i cannot wait another six to 12 months so i looked into trt and I went on TRT um, instantly, really. And I self-prescribed my own TRT. So I went on TRT. And ever since then, obviously, I actually wanted to I wanted to pursue natural bodybuilding at that time. So I was loving bodybuilding at that time, um, just sort of exposing myself. And then I mess I actually messaged um like the Natty Federations and they were like, no, you can't do it. And I'm not decent. So um, but the next thing you know, mate, obviously I um got a coach. And then next, it sort of led, led, led to the other. But yeah, the, my actual first exposure to PD, and I actually ran TRT for numerous amounts of months, nearly actually a year mm. um, before actually going through a super physiological range of androgens. And so, so I spent like two, a year of my life being hypercanadal, where my pituitary gland in my brain basically shut down. Mm. And then, um, yeah, the next thing you know, it sort of fired up, got normal, everything was all right, everything back on track. And then I made the decision to be like, well, I want to be good at this bodybuilding stuff and and, and I'm, my total androgen load hasn't even been that high like people say to me all the time like what is it now and they're like this and they go that's not even that high compared to most people and like yeah well my, my goal my goal is to always try and get the most and that's where i do actually look at trained by jp and people like this and they always say try and get the most out of the least and i will always always do that i'll never push like I, I have a sort of weird thinking about it mate like i have like um like i'm not i'm not a pro yet i've not even competed yet on stage so why would i take that there's no point mate there there is really no point and i, I definitely think it is the smartest approach to go because as well like you never know how you're gonna react to certain exactly ex and, and i have this sort of thing mate where i spend most of my money on my house and people are there like what you took 20 pills a day and i'm there like yeah because like, i'm prioritizing my health i've been through a phase in my life where my health wasn't good and i didn't even realize what was going on with my body yeah. so i make sure that i'm, I'm getting my my blood's pre-prep middle of prep i'm going to get my blood straight after i'm going to get um an ecg i'm going to make sure that i'm getting all these and i cannot recommend like prioritizing your health for, like, it's so so important mate. but yeah I, I would um with any sort of diet phase i recommend always getting a coach because that's something that i wish i did because i ended up sort of burying myself into the ground to the point where i went hyperconadal and my body literally could not produce any form of testosterone itself yeah. so no idea it's, it's it's when when i had um the initial consult call with christian when i was going to go enhanced it was the one thing that kind of stood out to me where i was just like i wanted to do it 
and I wanted to be as healthy as possible. And he kind of like listed how much, how expensive kind of all this stuff was going to be. And I thought to myself, realistically, am I in a financial position to do this at the moment? No. And two, I was in it for the wrong reasons, but like yourself, if I ever was to go down that route and I'm not going to lie, I, I said this on a previous podcast, the thought has re-entered my brain. Obviously, you know, when you're surrounded by this industry, it's it's definitely going to happen. And there is going to be times where you're going to be like, no, I don't want to do it. And then there's going to be times where it's just like, you know, yeah, maybe still wouldn't be for at least, you know, two, three years. Um, but the point is when I, if I was to ever go down that route, I would still want to do it the healthiest way possible because there's so many people who do it at such a young age. And I've heard so many horror stories of, you know, people going on forums and they just start using a cycle that pros are on and they yeah, don't understand how to counteract all the, all the side effects of it. They don't understand the effects it has on the mental side of things. And they don't, if you don't have a coach and you don't have anyone to speak to directly, the amount of times where they'll just keep it in on themselves and they're just, you know, it's just a matter of time until you, you implode essentially. Nate, it's so important. So what you've just seen, literally, I went through a diet phase and look what I did to my body. Yeah. It's a normal diet phase without, without a coach. Imagine exposing yourself to androgens for the first time without a coach. It would be stupid. And um, like when I went into this, obviously, I, I sat down with my mum and my family. My family all know about me uh, when I went on TRT and I was there. And they were there like, we're well, going to be taking this. And I'm there like, yeah, but this is the. And then I actually said to them the way the NHS prescribed it and what the side effects are if they did that. And I was speaking to the endocrinologist and they were saying, oh, they'll do X amount every X amount of weeks. And they're like, well, what about my estrogen levels? Because at this point, I wanted to become a really good coach. And I wanted to get into coaching. So did I they kind of look at you like, shut up, mate. Like, yeah, yeah. Uh, they always undermine it. Yeah. And I was talking about like, um, like gynecomastia and obviously all that sort of stuff when they, uh, yeah, all that sort of stuff, like estrogenic mm -hmm. side effects and what it would affect me being a, like, a bit younger and stuff. And they were there like, that's something we just deal with later on down the line. And I'm thinking, okay, well, if I get gyno, that's the means they're going to put me on an AI. That means it's going to shut my estrogen down, make me feel even worse. And next exactly. So they don't honestly, and then that, that sort of tipped over the edge for me. And I was there like, I was learning all these things and I came back and I was like, my, my, even my mum was there like, yeah, you need to be, um, you need to be doing this yourself, not yourself, but get either get a coach and do it the most healthiest way possible. And I can happily say, hand on heart, that I've done everything to the most healthiest possible. Well, also, we know that it's not healthy. Let's just say that out loud. We know it's not healthy. What do you um, mean? isn't healthy. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, exactly. But um, I know that I do everything I possibly can do to make sure my health is in tip-top condition, and up until this point with where i'm at now everything has been absolutely perfect and um i do hear some horror stories mate you see people with horrendous acne and blood like blood's coming back and they're absolutely horrendous and they don't even they go oh yeah what's that oh no so i'll just take this and the next thing you know they take more and um even coaches really... out there who who have mate... such a lack of knowledge and i think just because you know you're on a cycle and you're being coached by someone that doesn't give you the right to start coaching other people because there's such a difference between, you know, just taking someone through a diet phase, but then, you know, you're telling them to use certain drugs. And if you mm -hmm. don't understand the health logistics, all this kind of stuff, you really need to realize like you are playing with someone's life at that point. It's exactly, not mate. Exactly. And, and it's a big, it's, it's a big, big thing. And that's where you're, where, where we say like, 
that's where your care as a coach that's where you get that, that's again that's another thing that separates you from the pack really where your care is like i remember somebody coming on board and they're like they came from a coach and, they were, and i said to them have you got your bloods done recently and they're like i don't even know what, what 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 bloods are and they they've been on gear for like literally a year straight mate haven't even been um in a health phase or been, been in a trt phase and they'll luckily they were all right but um it just made me realize that mate like the first thing i asked this person was how are your bloods how where are your health how health stops that and he was like, oh, yeah, I take a fish oil. And I'm thinking, what is this? It's honestly, mate, it's laughable. It is laughable. Yeah, no, it is crazy. Like, like it's crazy. It, it's mental. And, I, and I'm thinking, that's, that, that's the difference right there. And the fact that they've come to me and they can see that I care about my clients is a really good thing that I like to portray. Like, mm-hmm. mate, I'm there, like, saying to people, like, you need to take this, you need to take that. And even if you are considering, like, you need to consider all these different factors as well, like fertility, all these different things. And, um, Mate, that was going through a time where I had to go through this thing about fertility and stuff. And I mentioned that I have a partner and like, mate, I was like 21 years old, like going through all this. And like, it, it you aren't yourself. Yeah. You aren't yourself, mate. Testosterone is what makes a male at the end of the day. And from a psychological perspective, mate, it, it, it buries you to the ground, mate, knowing that why am I acting like this? I'm not being myself. And it, it, it was a really hard time in my life, mate, but I can look back and be like, you know what? I did the best thing for me. Um, I've got my supportive family around me. Like I mentioned, everyone knows. So it's not like I was hiding anything, which a lot of people do as well. And I did my research. And you've really, learned really from good... first-hand experience, which is... Exactly, in- mate. Exactly. There's, there's always a silver lining. Don't get me wrong. Of course, it isn't ideal what you went through. But I mean, you know, people may come to you with similar situations. It probably... It, mate, it, I, I've, got a lot, mate, I've got a lot of clients that are on TRT, mate, prescribed TRT um, through like um, clinicians and clinics and stuff. And a lot of people, they're like, oh, I, I have, I've got the same issue, man. And they're like, oh, I've got, I've got three or four clients, mate, that have gone through the exact same issue as myself. Mm-hmm. And like, I, I know exactly how they feel. And nobody knows how it feels. But, and it sounds really sort of like, like oh, yeah. I'm, nobody we, understands. Yeah, nobody <laughs> understands. But, mate, honestly, I, I reached out to a guy called um, Jack Kennedy. He's been my client now for over a year. And um, he was putting out on a story and I was like, mate, I know exactly how you feel because I've been through the, the exact same thing. And the next thing you know, he got coached by me. And that for, now a year later, he's in a really, really good position. But mm. it's really hard to actually explain how you feel in that certain time because you don't even know how you feel. Mm. And, and um, over the place, you don't really understand what's going yeah, on. Yeah, mate, and, um, and this, is what, this is what's probably managed prep really well for me as well because like, now I know how... How I, how, I, how I I'm basically I'm more present with my, how I feel and stuff and now I know okay well I've been through that where I didn't even know how I feel I do feel a little bit crap now so I sort of know like how to get over like how to think about things and all that sort of stuff so yeah there always is a silver lining about things but I'm not going to dwell on it mate I, it, it did it did suck but then again obviously now I'm where I'm at and I'm very very happy with where things are at so yeah that's the story of uh if you actually scroll back on my Instagram mate, I made like a 10 minute reel on it being like Put, put it out there I mean, yeah i'm going to see this has happened and it, actually mm. i've always had to be honest with my journey and it's, stuff it's and the best way and i always think like i i went for a change where i i think i think on instagram it's very easy to fall into the ball pit of like especially when you're a coach that you want to be 100 with everything because you want to lead by example and all this kind of stuff but i really do feel like there is value in showing that kind of vulnerable side and you know the struggles you have because it at the end of the day right you can be the most educated person, you can learn everything possible, but and you can follow everything to a T. But like people are gonna buy into you if they can relate to you. There's so many coaches out there, everyone knows the same information, but like it, it Christian is a key example. Like he is himself, 
um he he knows how to you know be vulnerable and people reach out people relate to that and mm -hmm. that's such a it's such a important thing in an industry where everyone kind of expects everything to be so such a robotic way and if you can still show you know the progress you're making alongside that it makes people feel more comfortable in themselves and you know they they feel like oh okay i can still do this and i can still progress because it i went through a phase where all i used to do and i went through like an unfollowing spree especially when i was about to go enhance i followed a load of ifbb pros and every single day all i'd see is you know them sticking to a plan, a motivational video, you know, all my meals are in, posing, this kind of stuff. And <laughs> you, know, you start relating to that and you're like, why, why aren't I like these guys? Why am I like messing up? I'm never going to be like this. And it's, it's, you need to kind of control your own environment because otherwise your, mm -hmm. your mindset gets so twisted and you start, you start that kind of cycle again of beating yourself up. And it's just a, a never ending kind of road of that. Um, exactly that exactly oh, that exactly that couldn't mm -hmm. have explained it any better um another thing i wanted to touch on obviously you've just joined christian's team which is unbelievable mate when i saw that announcement it, it was one of those things where i was just like i i love see like i love seeing people especially like close friends and just anybody in life when they truly have a passion for something can you see them reap the benefit of that it it I just, I love that. And for you as a coach, like seeing how you've developed over time and, you know, how your business is picked up and you've got yourself to where you are now. And then to see that happen, I think for a lot of coaches coming up in the industry, mate, especially young coaches, you are in a position where a lot of people want to be. So I feel like there would be a lot of value in kind of understanding how you got to that point. First thing I want to ask you is, when did you find out what was your initial reaction? That's mate. That's so weird. Cause I've got, I've got to put a question box up, and somebody actually asked that question. Mm -hmm. How did you react? Um, so it all happened. It, it all happened pretty spur of the moment, mate. It, mm -hmm. it it makes me get like goosebumps now. Even thinking about it, mate, it's mm -hmm. crazy. Um, so he messaged me saying, "Do you want to meet up with Tim at Be Modified Gym in Derby? Mm -hmm. And I was like, yeah, mate. Obviously, he wanted to come see. So he made it out like he was going to come see me with prep and Tim was with him. And then, um, and I, I get there, mate, and he literally, he goes, yeah, we'll sit down inside. Didn't even say hello. Literally, mate. He goes, yeah, we'll sit down inside. I'm like, okay, mate, that's cool. So I sit down inside. And literally, the first thing he says to me was, I want you to be a coach with, um, I want you to be a coach. And with me, essentially, um, you and Tim, I want you. And the first thing you said was, I don't want you working for me. I want you working with me. And I was instantly. I love that. Mate. And um, the first things first, like I remember being on a consult call with the Physique Collective and he was doing, you might have been on it. And it was like a bit, um, how to grow your online coaching business. I was on that call. Um, um, and somebody asked him, would you ever get a second coach? And he, and he said, never. And he said, categorically, no, I'll never be, I'll never be a, a coach that has another coach under me because I, I know for a fact nobody cares more than me, nobody invests more than me, and nobody provides the same service as me. Obviously, that was never my intention, but instantly from the get-go, I knew that he never wanted a coach. And then I went to the coach convention and he got asked the same question. And he goes, the fact that you even asked that question to me like is, is a bad like, I would never ever even consider it and I was like okay well it's like, again again it was just like another question and then next thing you know mate out of the blue 
he goes, I want you to be a coach with me mm-hmm. under team under under the umbrella of team coach by Christian. And honestly, mate, my reaction was I can't even explain it, disbelief. Um did it take like, your while to kind of get words together kind of thing? Yeah, it was one of those moments where I, I was I was speechless, mate. I, I was speak. I was just sat in this gym, mate, and I was thinking, "What have I just been asked?" And he goes, "Is that a yes?" And I'm there, like, "Bro, yes." And instantly, mate, he was there, like, "The reason why I brought you on is because you're tailored by Tom and Tim's the physique specialist. We will not change that. The reason and the reason why we're going to bring me us three together was to obviously it's going to be under the team uh, umbrella of team coach by Christian, but you're the coach that I want to bring on because of what you've done. You're a coach, what you've done as well. And that's why it works so well, mate. He's not been like, you work for me. You do this, you do that. He goes, there's ever an issue or anything if you want. And it's more like a team, mate. And it's such a good environment to be in. And um, in terms of, in terms of that, mate, it was just overwhelmed. I'm privileged. I'm grateful. And for somebody as Christian, who is looked upon as like, providing the best service within just one of the best coaches in the UK. And he's there like saying to me stuff like, I'm one of the best up and coming coaches in the country. I'm this and that. And I'm thinking, whoa, whoa, mate, you have to fucking slow down here, mate. Like, <laughs> like, like he's saying all these things and, I, and, like, and he's saying to me, like, I've got people to look at you and see what you think about you. And they said, yeah, you're re-. And I'm thinking, he's got people, like all these different things, mate. And I was just, it was just really overwhelming experience. Um, Cause it's like, as a as a up, up and coming coach, you wanna you wanna impress these coaches mm-hmm. with what you do. Yeah, you really wanna you, you especially when it, when it's your own coach as well. Okay. As you know, like you wanna impress your own coach, mm-hmm. and not only from a physique perspective, but also from a business perspective. I wanna show Christian that I'm a really good coach as well. Like he coaches me. Like Tom's a good coach, and next thing you know, mate, all of a sudden, bang, he's been talking to people about me, asking people questions, what do you think of Tom, and everyone's there, like, yeah, Tom's great, Tom's great, Tom's great, and and. It was really overwhelming, mate. Really, really overwhelming. And I was just, yeah, sat in my car, welled up a little bit, to be honest, around my mum. And my mum was like, what is going on? And um, yeah, mate, probably one of the best experiences. Like I said, mate, it makes me speechless now, even talking about it. But because I remember like, me and you talking in DMs, and I remember you saying at a point, a period of time where you were telling your family you were coaching and they were kind of expecting you to get another job at some point, right? Yeah, mate. So yeah, honestly, mate, I've been, I've, I've had to, um, I was actually, for about a year ago, actually, I was thinking of getting another job on the side, going back to my family business, which was what I did before. Um, and I was having to think about what a job I want to do for a job. Do I go to you? Do I actually go to university? I was, I, don't know. I was doing all these things, mate. And um, and I was like, you know what? Like, like I mentioned, I'm, I'm more of this obsessive behavior where, like if I do anything, I want to look back and be like, I gave it my all. And I just had like a little bit missing where I felt like I didn't give my all to it. Um, and it was because I was, like you mentioned, I wanted to perceive online that I'm that, oh yeah, the usual checking shot and this and that, and it has to be perfect. And I, I didn't want to be that online coach. Yeah, I did not want to be that online coach. Like I want to be a guy who's relatable and who's been through a journey that people can understand. Mm-hmm. and I think that's been a big big part like when like I mentioned in my off season when I was looking the way I was like I didn't care if I posted this and that about me posing me doing this me doing that um and I actually look back at through my my archives recently and I was there like mate I used to post everything like and I, I didn't care I, I still don't now and that's probably a real real big reason where 
at the start, I was thinking, okay, I need to come across this perfect online coach where I'm telling my clients are doing really well, this and that. And then next thing you know, I'd actually talk about not feeling good one day and not liking the way I look and having like a bad day in the gym or what whatnot. Like, um, and then next thing you know, real life like, experiences and this yeah, is mate, exactly. a valuable thing that like the industry is all always is like, oh, I've progressed. Oh, this is my best physique shot. This is, oh, I've aced my meal plan. And it's like, that's great to see. But what people really want to see is like, how do you deal with stuff when you struggle? Because mm-hmm. that is the stuff no one talks about. That is it's such an important factor. And this is why so many people have eating disorders. Why so many people struggle with their physique. Why people always, you know, oh, I'll be happy when I'm this. I'll be happy when I'm that. And it's always it's always the it's always the next step or it's always when I get to this pedestal and it's like you can just enjoy life and exactly exactly so so valuable man that's 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 the thing and um it's just yeah so that that happens and then everything ever since then mate like I got I was doing pretty well like even the business was picking up really well before that doing really really well and then it just kept like sort of building momentum and momentum and I found out that whatever I was doing was working so the next thing you know Christian was just there like boom I literally didn't even like hint it to me or anything and it was just like yeah well, I'm thinking Jesus man like it's just it's just pretty crap in a very very privileged position but then you look back and you're there like have I given everything and I'm there like well yeah I have done I have done those things and like um it yeah it's just it's I think when... happy that you have that attitude mate because it's very rare and especially in this sport I think like you can be so hard on yourself. You're, you're always in the mentality of like, Oh, did it, did, did I go to all out failure? Did I nail my nutrition to a T? Did I get the most out of my day? And to hear you actually say, you know, yeah, I've given it my all and I'm happy with where I'm at. Mm. It's such a good thing because like so many people can be so hard on themselves. And it's always like, like I said, with the pedestal thing, it's always the next thing. And just, taking a moment to be present and to be appreciative of you know all the hard work you've put in and that's it yourself mate people don't really people don't actually pick themselves up and sometimes it's actually really important to do so like they can finish a day and be like you know what i'm actually really proud of myself today Mm. i've done this i've done that i've done that people go oh yeah well what's the next thing to do what Mm. and then they look back and they're like oh i'm buried burnt out and i'm thinking well yeah because you don't actually realize how much you've done and that's what my girlfriend has helped me out massively in mate where actually christian asked a question on his podcast and he goes like well what's the cost of all this what's the cost of you being where you're at and mate i can happily say that the cost of mine is not having a good relationship with my my my, my partner like when i'm out for a walk at eight o'clock at night and i'm getting back to 10 form clips next thing you know i get back and she's there like oh that was, that was a nice walk and i'm there like mate do, doing that for two years straight Go, going out going away doing your check-ins waking up early doing your check-ins everything's prioritized around getting back to messages getting back to this getting back to that that's probably the cost of it all but you learn along the way the limitations and now i can find that like i mentioned this balance in terms of work life where I'm prioritizing my relationships, but I'm also providing a really good service because I think you have to do that. You know, people have, you have to sacrifice from the start, and that's what people don't understand. Like I was grafting, mate, and in, in the moment I didn't feel like I was, and I didn't appreciate how much work I was putting in. And people always ask me, "Oh, mate," I I actually had a message. Oh, how did you do that with Christian? And I was there like, you know what, mate? I'm actually going to get the message up so you yeah. can see. Um, because I remember I remember who message messaged me. Mm-hmm. Um. And they're like, how have you done that? And I'm there like, you know what, mate? I said, 
um, hard graph for two and a half years, building a good name, being a, being um, trying to be really good at what I do, investing in myself and surround myself with good people, investing a lot of money into myself and also my clients, working um, working the hardest I possibly could and provide the best service, strive to be better every single day. And Christian has seen that in me. So it's not just a one thing, one day thing. Like this was, and it, to be fair, it wasn't even expected. That's the thing. So I was just doing what I was normally doing where I'm trying to be there, the best coach I possibly can do, care about my clients, trying to provide a really good service, doing all these things. The next thing you know, it sort of all of a sudden sort of popped up and it was really overwhelming because it's like, I, you, I think you mentioned it on your story. I think it was today where like you're, you're surrounded by people now who get you and it's like it's like me now where I'm working with somebody that's seen how much work I've put in. Because it's really easy, mate, to, ha to have our job. And they go, oh, yeah, he works from home. It's really, really easy. Like, oh, yeah, he'll do this, he'll do that. But, mate, I've been there, mate. My family, they're like, oh, yeah, he works from home. He'll just, um, he'll take you there. He'll do yeah. the, the two-hour yeah. round trip because he works from home. But, like, now I've actually got someone there who's seen my progress. And he's gone, he's actually put so much hard work. And it's really nice to be like, you know what, like, like appreciative of that. Like, over, yeah. like. And it's really that's probably what happened most mate like i've always had a supportive um network around me but sometimes i do think oh yeah tom's tom's working from home it's easy like yeah. when actually an actual fact it's really really not as you know so um yeah mate it's it, it's still very privileged very grateful speechless but, yeah. um yeah for any for any sort of young up-and-coming coaches i would say i've been in your position I've looked at other coaches and I've looked at how they've got there. And the biggest, biggest thing I would say was look at what people do, look at what works and put your own spin on things. Make you relatable. Make, don't copy everyone else's content. Yeah. So like, don't, don't copy someone else's content just because their content did well. Put what you want to put up. Okay. Very, very generic. Put what you want to put up because guess what? It's, it's, it's going to relate to at least one person out there and it's going to help one person out there. But put your spin on things. How can you make things individual to you? And if you look back at what I've put up, mate, okay, in terms of the content I've put up, it's not just all training clips and training clips and training clips. I'm talking about a train, but I'm talking about how I can make my training better for me. And then somebody goes, oh, I'll, I'll try that. And then they'll go, oh, I tried that and it, it worked really well. Tom must know more. So next thing you know, they get an inquiry through and they go, oh, I tried this of what you said on your, on your post, man. It worked really well. And then they're like, so that's how it all um, sort of kickstarts. You need to talk about your own journey. People don't, people do not invest into your business before investing into you as a person first. They always have to invest into you as a person first. And that's super important. Um, so just work your ass, work your ass off. Mm. And, and that's, and provide the best possible service and become a really, really, really good coach. Fantastic. Um, do you want to get to some questions, mate? Because to be honest, I felt like I could just talk to you all day. <laughs> mate, let, I let, feel let, like let, it's just gonna go on and on otherwise. Let's do it. We'll make it we'll make it. I don't know how long you want to be here for, mate. So we'll keep them like sort of quick fire. Mate. No, I'm I've easy got... to be fair, mate. I've only got like one question, so I mean I'll get mine out of the way. Um I swear I screenshot it. One second. Where is it? Oh god. Um so come on. There's a question box. There it is. Um, someone said helpful tips heading into a long ass gaining phase, how to get over body image throughout that phase. So body so firstly understand that you are gonna get a little bit soft. Nobody got big without getting soft. Mm -hmm. Guaranteed facts. But focus on the reason why 
your bodybuilding in the first place. You probably love training. Your training is going to be in a really, really good spot. And you're going to be prioritizing what you probably started, the reason why you probably started building bodybuilding. In terms of body image, like, it, like I mentioned, mate, I, didn't, I had that sort of disconnect where I didn't really care what I looked like. All I did was I wanted to get into the gym. I wanted to get stronger. I wanted to lift weights that I never lifted before. But it's really easy for me to say that and be like, oh, yeah, just worry about trying Wait, to get a three-page smith mate. press. That's something I would say. Like, I remember a massive switch in mentality I had. Like, don't get me wrong, I didn't push up super, super high. But for me to get to 85 kilos at the time, I hated how I looked. But I had a switch in me where I was like, right, I don't really like how I look right now. But realistically, I'm the strongest I've ever been and my training's flying. And having that switch where you you kind of, you switch your focus on right on from the right, I don't really like how I look right now, but I'm training the best I ever have. And I know this is going to lead to more muscle and this is going to result in a better look overall. If you can have that switch in mentality and realize what you're doing in the moment is going to make you look better later down the line, it makes it a lot easier to accept. Mm -hmm. Again, and this is what, this is something that Christian says, nobody cares what you look like. Hmm. Nobody cares what you look like at all. Okay. Obviously, the only person that does is yourself. So if you find yourself getting into an uncomfortable position, people can manage things. You can hold that scale weight for a little bit, drive training performance up, um, make that look a little bit better if you feel un uncomfortable. And then drive then when you're in a comfortable position, put on a few more kilos over a period of time. Um, so firstly, being comfortable with having that switch mentality of understanding that you are going to be in a really good position where you are going to see the most progress in your physique. And that's the, that's the really, really important thing. You're in a phase where you are going to make the progression that you want to see within your physique and it has to be done. Mm -hmm. yeah. I'd also say, obviously, like um, go, going through a priming phase, you know, making sure you're in a good starting position. So, you know, your appetite's in a great place, you know, your digestion's in a great place so you can push food for as long as possible because if you know if you're if you're starting at a point where you've already got higher body fat levels you're going to be more uncomfortable with the look sooner on then chances are you're going to call it you know quits um earlier in the process and as well as that i know it sounds corny because we're both coaches but sometimes actually having a coach someone to keep you accountable someone to kind of give you that that support when you're going through that process mm -hmm. can help a lot because you know especially like through i'm sure i'm sure you've gone through a bulk on did you ever go through like a, a, did you ever run a bulk on yourself yeah mate yes yeah. I, 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 I ran a bulk and then i went into that diet phase and then <laughs> it weren't looking good brev yeah exactly and i think um you know it's very easy when you're in charge of your own calories you know you kind of get to a point where you're like right okay i'm feeling a bit small i'm gonna, I'm gonna increase food really really quickly here and it leads to you know poor digestion you know you're you're going to be very uncomfortable with how you look the main thing i'd say to people is don't just up you know, don't just chase the scale weight there's there's no need to do that focus on your training performance increasing over time and you know when that starts to you know plateau then start looking at increasing your calories and go from there Focus on what actually builds muscle tissue, training performance. Yes, sir. So I've actually got a few questions, mate. Um, I've got 1% battery, this, so it's all good. But how <laughs> have you have you had any life goals that have changed in the past couple of years? You go first. I'm going to have to think about this. Um... So life goals in terms of, honestly, I would say, 
be have an even more balanced life mm -hmm. uh, in terms of outside of bodybuilding this prep has made me understand that i do miss out on quite a lot when i thought i didn't and i thought i was like oh yeah i had a really good balance but it's actually made me realize that i could probably do a little bit more um so being more present with my girlfriend, being more present with my family, understanding that I still can make progress while being a little bit more um, lenient with myself, even more than I was doing. Um, and life goals in terms of business, proving to myself that I do deserve to be, be working with Christian. That is my motivation. Um, and that's something that sort of drives me quite a lot. Like I, I know that what I was doing before being with um, coached by Christian was good going really well. obviously i provided a good service but now it's just more of the fact of like i want to provide an even better service i want to be an even better coach and um that's probably made me understand that i probably like coaching more than um my, my goals have realigned differently in terms of my own bodybuilding um goals um being more of a coach then again like my goals are still still remain the same but i get more of a more of a kick from having my clients achieve their goals rather than me being achieving achieving my goals even though I, I will hopefully get to my goals one day i get more of um i get more of a kick and, and more of a excitement when my clients achieve what they want to 100 percent um very similar to yourself mate like being present i think within you know bodybuilding it's very easy to kind of get lost um within you know when everyone around you is doing bodybuilding um it, you know you do kind of go off into this kind of mindset that oh this is just normal and um you know being more present with my family is definitely a massive thing you know going out for that lunch here and there you know enjoying time with them um making more time for friends not saying no to stuff because i'm scared it's going to you know affect my progress um some other stuff like i i wanted to get into another hobby so i'm, I'm starting youtube um i wanted to get into you know um video editing upgrade the content um but the biggest thing for me now is to now this diet phase is out of the way. I kind of wanted that to prove to myself, you know, I, I do have that mindset of a, a, a good athlete in myself. Um, and now I feel like it's my time to, you know, prove myself as a coach. Um, and I feel like with the YouTube series, being able to pump out some more, you know, educational content, that kind of stuff, the drive for, you know, the rest of this year and this next coming year is just going to, you know, try and make my mark and prove to myself that, you know, not only can I be a good athlete and, you know, I will carry that over within this off season to kind of demonstrate that I can be a good athlete, but I really do want to kind of demonstrate, you know, I am a good coach as well. Hey, buzzing to see it. Sir. That's what I see here. Buzzing to see it. Um, the other question was, oh, how did I react when Christian said to me about, Team CBC, I've been through that. Um, another one from Jasper, long and short-term goals within bodybuilding. Mine are very, very simple. Short-term goals, get on stage, very, very short-term goals um, and bring something that I'm proud of, which I already know that I will be. And long-term goals, the goal is to become a pro. The goal is to become a pro at some point, um, but a very, uh, I think when that happens, when it will happen, if it happens, um, but there's no pressure on me getting there whatsoever, mate. If I don't become a pro, it's not going to ruin my life. But it'll be really, really cool to, because um, I love, I love bodybuilding, mate. I love bodybuilding, and if I become a pro, then brilliant. But um, just be the sort of best bodybuilder. But, but you know what, mate? My long-term bodybuilding goal is to present a physique which I have in my mind, which I'm really, which I, which I want to present on stage. That's my long-term goal. I have a physique that I sort of look at and I'm like, you know what? I'd be really happy one day to present that on stage. If I can do that and fulfill what I want to fulfill, then I'd be happy, whether that's pro-worthy whether that's pro or not. Mm -hmm. 
Um, I think for myself, like short-term goal, um, even though it's not kind of short, but I, I would class this as more kind of short-term compared to my long-term, um, is like carry out a really successful off-season because um, I've touched on it before. I've never really done a, a, a really extended off-season. I've never really been able to commit to it. Um, and I finally feel like I'm in a place where I have a supportive community. I have a great coach where I genuinely believe that I will be able to execute this the way I want it to. Um, so have have a really good off season and then take it to stage as an atty um, and see how I do there. And then long term, I want to build a community, um, be a great coach, but as well build a platform where, like now with the podcast, I get to speak to other individuals like yourself you know show people like the other side of bodybuilding where you know we aren't just robots we're people and like be able to make people feel more comfortable within their day-to-day and get a greater understanding of kind of what this sport is because i feel like there's so much misrepresentation within the industry of like oh you know we're we're just tough guys and we're just lifting weights every day and it's 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 funny you say that because i was was talking to my um i talked to my stepdad about it and he's um me he's him seeing me through this journey he said it's made me appreciate bodybuilding a lot more than what what it is like people think oh yeah it's loads of steroids it's just but, but people lifting weights and just uh, they eat less and they and and, they, and, he, and he went you know what mate i really really appreciate how much dedication and and it's, it's actually quite a nice conversation he was saying like um because people perceive bodybuilding to be this certain certain sport where it's going to the gym lift load of weight look huge diet down when he he likes to let know the intricacies about it so um he was asking me about peak week and why do i why do i fat load and why do i do and he was going there's a bit more to it isn't there and then next time i was talking about like <laughs> Yeah, and, yeah. He, and he goes, and he goes, you know what, man? Really, really fair play. He, he sees the de- he always goes, yeah, the dedication you put in, mate. And I'm, and um, he's been there since I've started it, mate. And he's um, it's, it's just nice that he's there, like he's appreciating more than what it is just from a surface level. And he's asking questions about like, why do I do why do I do that in the gym? Why do I do this? And um, it's quite nice to see and building that environment is something that we do need to build i do believe mm. especially for younger generations because they like I mentioned their, the their first exposure to um bodybuilding is going to be people that have been bodybuilding for years and maybe they're like you need to do this and i think having that approach especially from a younger person who's been through the experiences that we've been through i think it's really important to build a sort of basis where they can be like it's actually all right to feel like shit sometimes it's actually feel all right it's actually all right to do this instead of that and you haven't got to worry about this you can just worry about the, the simple things that build muscle and do, do that and then next thing you know that people are seeing progress without putting loads of pressure on themselves and they're enjoying their life and i think that's a really good sort of way to look at things hmm. all right is that is that all the questions mate i got one i had one about mindset my phone's died i think it's like how oh. how, how have you built a good mindset over prep perspective on things um what's what's helped me massively is perspective on how other people perceive me so for example if i was prepping for somebody how would i want them to be around me for them for me to help them as much as possible so if somebody comes into a room and i go oh how are you mate you're right they go no not all right had a really bad day at the gym feel like this feel like that that's going to sort of push me away and i'm not really going to ask them how they're going to feel again because i don't really want that reaction so even if i do educating people like this is yeah thing like let yeah know why why something might why you might feel a certain way so yeah mate, so for example mate like yesterday i had a really draggy day and my nan was like oh you're right tom and i was there like you know what now don't really feel too good because <laughs> you know what um, shut up you know what, <laughs> I, don't, I don't really feel too good but then again i've done cardio i'm in the back end of my prep and you know what thank you so much for asking how i feel because now i feel really really good and she goes oh thank you i was like do you want a cup of tea and the next next 
have to make a cup of tea. Goes, if it has almond milk in it. The next thing you know, <laughs> you know what I mean? They're like, what that does is it creates an environment now where she's kind of comfortable with talking around me, even though I might be in a bad mood. And yeah. I want, not, 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 not in a bad mood, but like, even though I feel really draggy and tired, yeah. she can still feel like she, she still can talk to me. still feels comfortable to approach yeah. you. Because like what happens is they go, Don't don't talk to him. No, no, no. He's in the front room. He's, don't he's, talk to him. He's in the trenches. Yeah, 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 yeah. Oh. But, but like, I want I want people to look back and be like, you know what? Like he was feeling a bit draggy that day, but it didn't let it affect me. Mm. And I could still be myself around him. And it, it, that that's the and I know that it's all about perspective on things and how you look at things. And that's what I've sort of helped me massively in terms of mindset about how other people perceive me and how I can make myself more approachable depending on how I feel. Yeah. and it's helped massively with my family where everyone can feel like they can still talk to me and still be them, themselves around me they haven't got to change they haven't got to, like sort of change for me oh yeah tom's on tom's on prep so i've got to change actual fact i've got to be the one to change to actually think about how they're feeling and people can't do that and that's the hardest thing about prep where you actually got to look at yourself in the mirror and be like how can i actually change to be a better person to actually help my environment be better and that's what i had to at the start of prep i was like how can i actually get to a point where i can be in a position where i can live with eight people and for, the, for them to not to not feel a certain way about me and i can i can happily say that i've done that just because i was there like you know what i'm not going to let the people around me feel like shit even though i feel like crap and um honestly yeah and it's all about perspective mate like how they how perspective on things but also how they perceive you and um yeah it's really nice mate knowing that you can wake up and, and then they get more invested into your goal because they know that you're going to wake up and now I have my mum talking to me while I do cardio in the morning because she knows that even though I'm draggy, I'm still going to bring a good positive environment where she can be like, I can sit with Tom while he watches YouTube and watches the rugby highlights. And I know that he's not going to be in a bad mood because I know he's going to be all right, even though he might feel draggy. And next thing you know, mate, your cardio goes better because your mum's there it's, or somebody's there do you know what I mean and then it makes you feel even more positive but that comes from you and how you perceive things and how you come across and if you come across like a dick guess what mate people aren't gonna um you know invest into you or they're gonna like I said resent you in a way mm. mate I think I think that's a great place to wrap up um right first of all Tom thank you for coming on the podcast mate thank love you for having me bro really absolutely loved it, it um for anyone listening if you do uh listen to the podcast either on youtube or spotify please take a picture tag us both um please make sure if you're watching on spotify rate us five stars and as always if you want any specific guests uh dm me message me i'll have question boxes up for the next podcast uh and yeah 